Welcome to the Questions for the Sages podcast. I'm Michael Scherer. In North Carolina, Manu was the only Hare Krishna for miles before coming to the Washington, D.C. area to attend Montgomery College. He recounts the epic story of the days around his first temple visit, and we talk about various philosophical points. You can hear the Question for the Sages podcast on questionsforthesages.com, the Questions for the Sages Facebook page, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Thanks to the Hare Krishna community of Potomac, Maryland, for making this podcast possible. Welcome to the Questions for the Sages podcast, interviews from the Hare Krishna community in Potomac, Maryland. And today I'm talking with Manu. Thank you for letting me interview you. Thank you for having me. So you and I, I think we get along pretty well. Uh, and I have, a, I have a sense that it, it, it has to do maybe with our southern roots. Really, maybe my childhood was spent uh, near Shreveport. Uh, grew, uh, went to elementary school in a place called Houghton, and uh, next to Fifi Bayou, and it was like a, <laughs> you know, it was like a Tom Sawyer kind of existence. But I and you're from North Carolina, yes, yeah, and I feel like there's I, I I get your Southern vibe like in a way that I'm not sure everybody does. <laughs> You know what I mean? I understand. You had to grow up with uh, cornbread and <laughs> collard greens. Yes. Yes. To have that type of, I guess, persona. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you are a pretty regular attendee, Ooh, right? When I can. I'm actually living in North Carolina now. Uh-huh. And so it's, it's like a different world there. There's no temples in the particular place where I live at, even though I know it's some temples in North Carolina, but none are close to where I live. So it's kind of hard being Hare Krishna and where I'm from. You live in North Carolina? Yes. Uh, but you're up in D.C.? Yes, because I go to school at Montgomery College, and uh, I've been going there since 2012. Uh-huh. And... The whole time I've been going there, I was living in Montgomery Village, Maryland. Uh-huh. And then uh, housing didn't work out this semester, so I had to move back home to North Carolina. Okay. So, and, and what are you, what, why are you here? Why are you here at this temple in, in ISKCON of D.C., the Potomac, Maryland temple? Well, I don't know exactly how to answer that. For your listeners to understand, but I'm just going to say it like it is. It's Krishna's will for me to be at this particular temple in this particular part of America because I could have been anywhere else, but my situation landed me here as far as being the one temple that I've come to and people accept me and and I, I just think I'm supposed to be here. Well, how did it how did it happen? How did you end up here? All right. Well, a few years ago, back in the end of 2012, I met a guy on the internet that also used to go to this temple named Jose. And how I met him on the internet is I changed my name on my Facebook to what my government name was to what my name is now. No, wait, wait, wait. 
your government name, is that the name your parents gave you? Yes. And that's that's on my birth certificate. That's why I say my government name. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not a secret spy or anything like that. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but, but so you changed your name online? Yes. Uh, well, it was part of a vision. Like, I had a, a vision, and in that vision, my name was Chetria Manu Bibasvon. And so I changed that my name online to that, and then that's when Jose found me, because he was looking for a Chetria. <laughs> okay. Well, wait a minute. Tell me, uh, you had a vision mm -hmm. that inspired you to change your name. No, in the vision, I was supposed to change my name on Facebook to what it is, which, okay. which ultimately led to me coming to this temple. Yeah, yeah. So I understand. Yeah, it's it's tied in. Mm -hmm. um, how long ago was this vision? I want to say 2008. Yeah. And is is have you had uh, more than one vision of this type? No, not of anything about my name changing or anything personally with me. I've just through transactions in my life with other people I've just seen like I guess you would say like a pathway yeah. that I'm supposed to go on or I could choose not to but I'm drawn to it yeah. and the more that I'm drawn to it the deeper I get into it uh -huh. because when I first became a devotee I was never around devotees and that was like my biggest dream was to be able to be around devotees and they accept me as a devotee okay, okay. like them so, you became a devotee and there were no devotees around. At all. Well, how did that happen? Okay, well, that goes back to the 90s, 1996 to be exact. I was in Value City's parking lot in Frederick, Maryland, and two brahmacharyas was walking through the parking lot selling incense. Now, a brahmacharya is a uh, celibate student in... It's a Hare Krishna. Yeah, it's a Hare Krishna monk. Like, I yeah, guess you would look yeah. at as a Buddhist monk. So you so know. these two Hare Krishnas approached you in the parking lot at Value Village? Va yeah, Value Village. And what did they, what happened? Well, I wanted to buy some incense, but I didn't have enough money. I had 23 cents in pennies. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I'll never forget it. Okay. And they walked by and I was like, can I buy some incense? And then I... Showed them how much I had, and then they was like, mm, that's not enough to buy the incense. So I gave it to them anyway, and then they gave me a book and a sticker. And that was the end of the transaction there. Okay, what what was the book? The book was the Shri Upanishad. I hope I'm saying it right. I think it's Shri Ishopanishad. Okay. Well, that was the book? Yes, it's the white version, paperback with Vishnu on the front with the snakes behind him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Sri Ishopanishad okay. and a sticker. And a sticker of Juggernaut that said, smile. And Juggernaut is this wide-eyed, smiley deity that is a form of Krishna that they celebrate. So, okay, you, you were in the parking lot in Frederick, Maryland, and two very unusual people approached you. 
Well, I wouldn't say unusual. What, did you I've, recognize them? Like I didn't and recognize them as being Harry Krishnas. I recognized them as being spiritual people because they look like monks. So yeah. whether Buddhists or Lama or however you oh, want to sure, look at, sure. they look. They had on saffron <laughs> robes. So now, were you living in Frederick, Maryland? No, I was uh, visiting my sister who lives in Montgomery Village, who was also who I used to live with. Okay, so so you were in the parking lot in 1996. Yes, and 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 two Hari Krishnas gave you a book and a sticker. Yes, for 23 cents. Yes. So so what happened? <laughs> okay. Well, nothing immediately happened right after that. So maybe like, I'm going to say four to five months after that, I was at home one night and I don't know if you want to say it's serendipitous or another vision or whatever. I was sitting at home and I was bored and I remembered the book. I had already put the sticker on my lamp. I had a, a touch lamp that cuts on by touch. And I put the sticker on the lamp because I like the sticker. Mm-hmm. So one night I was bored and I was like, okay, well, I got that book. <laughs> and I got a while back. Let me find out. We'll see who this blue dude with the snakes around him is about. You'll see. You know. So I started reading it. And I got through the first chapter and I was like, oh, man, where has this been my whole life? And I kept reading and kept reading. And I say it probably took me three days to read it completely because I had to stop and go to school. Other stuff was going on in my life. Uh-huh. But I read it faithfully and understood every word in it. Like every word except for maybe uh, the Hindi words. Oh, the, I didn't, the Sanskrit words. Yeah, the Sanskrit words. Yeah. But other than that, completely knew everything. It made it. sense. It All the way. completely clear, more crystal clear than the religion I had already been a part of, which I had a lot of questions about, and I was always shunned for the questions that I asked in the Christian religion that I was a part of. You you didn't feel like your your questions were answered? No, they would not answer these questions. It was two specific questions, and they would not answer them. And you could probably stump any Christian. Can, can you tell me what those are? I can two tell are? you exactly what they are. Okay. When Jesus had the Last Supper, he said that all of the 12 disciples would have a gate to heaven. But Judas betrayed him. And some Christians believe that Judas didn't get a gate to heaven. But nowhere in the Bible does it say that he didn't get a gate to heaven. So I asked a reverend, a pastor, a deacon, all, does Judas get a gate to heaven? And they shunned me for that question. <laughs> and was it, it was too difficult for them? It, do you, do they you think, couldn't do you, ask do you, it. Do you think they just didn't know and were afraid to admit it? I don't know if they did or not. But it is a, it's a, uh, some hearsay that goes along with that, that Judas didn't get a gate to heaven that Paul, being a new disciple of Jesus, took his place as uh-huh. far as getting the gate to heaven. Which, there's nothing in the Bible that says that either. No. So, that was number one question. The second question was, it comes from Revelation, where they speak of God and what he looks like and what it looks like in heaven. So, Jesus is in heaven. He's a lamb that has all these multi eyes. There's four beasts. There's 20 and four sages 
and there's he who sits on the throne that is in likeness of Jasper. So I asked, who is this person that's sitting on the throne that has the likeness of Jasper? I got kicked out of Bible study for that question right there. What, what color is Jasper? I would think it's a bluish tint. Oh yeah, I I think it is. Well, I, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, you could we could Google it and find we, out. We probably could. But but, but to, so but this me. was this was problematic. These two questions were enough to sort of. Well, it sounds like it turned you off because they either refused or just could not answer these questions. Well, not so much as turned me off as sent me to seek higher knowledge than mm. what they knew. Okay. So it wasn't so much as okay, I just give up on Christianity because you, you can't tell me what happened to Judas. So, you know, that it was, right. let me see if it's something else out here that I can add to the knowledge I already have to give me a better explanation of the questions that I have. And then in 1996, you read this book and something clicked. It clicked completely, like cutting on a light switch. And there was nothing else. There was nothing else that could tell me that it was different without any provocation from like a, a coercion from somebody else, like a guru or anybody else. Nobody came and said, this is what you're supposed to know. This is what you need to know or anything like that. I made a conscious decision myself, myself from the inside out to follow this particular doctrine. And and you attribute this mostly to to reading this book, yes, the Sri Ishopanishad, yes, and and the Gita later on. And how how did you come across the Gita? Oh. There was no devotees okay. around. Okay, so it, you were basically you're the only Hare Krishna within shouting distance yes. anywhere you go. <laughs> yes, okay. yes, okay. yes. So in the uh, the Panasad or however you say it, I know okay. I'm probably pronouncing yeah, sure. it wrong. There was a, a card in the back that you could order a, a, the Bhagavad and I was I was intrigued by that, and I was like, "Well, if this right here is a little book, and the Gita is bigger than that, it has to be <laughs> more than what I'm getting out of this book and that, because it, it was a lot of references in that book to the Gita and to yeah. uh, the Sharon Bhagavatam. So I always wanted to read those two because this is where the my first instincts is coming from is this book. So let me find out where this book is getting its inspiration from. You understand? And at that time, I didn't know who uh, Prabhupada was at all. I didn't know he was the person who translated these books or anything. I just knew Krishna, me, the books. <laughs> that was it. That was you it. know, and, and actually, we did talk earlier, and I just thought it was so funny. You said that... Um, there was a guy named Harry. <laughs> yeah, that's his, what I his used to think. name was Krishna. That's what I used to think. Because I would, I would see references. I would see references of the Harry Krishna movement in movies. And and right. they always looked the same. Little, right. They'd have shaved head and saffron and little rat tail, ponytail in the back. And so I knew what they looked like, but I didn't know the premise of... <laughs> what it was about. So I thought it was some guy who was named Harry and Krishna together had started a movement about worshiping him. <laughs> so right. so they stand on the street corner and saying his name <laughs> to people and yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it. But I found out it was more to it than that. <laughs> no, but but you okay, so you were so taken with the Sri Ishopanishad when you read it 
that you actually took the card out of the back of the book and ordered a Bhagavad Gita. Yes. Yes. With no questions. It was there was no questions. And that's probably what it was that made me want to do it because even when I read the Bible, I would still have questions. You know, I'd have to go to an outside source other than the reading material to answer my question. Mm-hmm. But whatever questions I had for this book, it would answer in the next chapter. It was like, okay, well, what is Vishnu? Oh, well, here's Vishnu. Okay. Or uh, what is uh, the Parampara? In the next chapter, boom, Parampara. So it, it gave me the full understanding of what I was seeking in the first place that I knew that the universe is bigger than just this shade of it mm-hmm. and, and that we all serve a purpose in the universe and then we all are part of a spiritual spark that emanates from one particular spark and so I always thought that but I never had the clarification of it until that particular book Were there any theologians in your family? Yes uh, uh, one of my uncles was uh, like not head pastor, but assistant pastor. Uh, had an aunt that was a deaconess. My mom is part of the treasury and old folks uh-huh. <laughs> part of the church because my mom, she 88. So mm-hmm. it was kind of hard to ha- have this translate to her into terms she could understand that wasn't the devil. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah I didn't even... I didn't even... <laughs> Think about that, oh, that part was, of it. That was a big part of it. Because, I mean, in Christianity, snakes are looked at as evil. I have a book here with like 20 snakes and a blue dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> automatically, automatically, yeah. they, she thought that I was worshiping the devil and I had found a cult. And, and she, I don't know if she knew about the Harry Krishna movement before because she's that much older than me, her being mm-hmm. 88. She would have had to been around when. Pod first came to America and all of that. Mm-hmm. So she would have had to see it on TV or something like that. But I don't think she recognized it as a religion. It was like, well, that's what them people do. Sure. You know, that. But other than that, I mean, she did look at it bad for a while. She was like, you need to just read the Bible. You don't need this. And I was like, then I asked her questions out of the Bible that she couldn't answer. Even if she went to the Bible, I would go to, I would go to unheard of, um, chapters of the Bible like Habakkuk mm-hmm. and um, Ruth and stuff like I mean even Ruth is heard of somewhat but Habakkuk is not so much mm-hmm. so I would go there and I find other th- stories that wasn't as popular as like the flood story or the escaping from Egypt or mm-hmm. and then I'd ask her about them and then she wouldn't be able to tell me and I'm like well how are you going to give me part of the truth if you don't even know the whole truth yourself <laughs> Yeah, and then she couldn't answer that so it sounds like you've you've been a reader. Oh yeah, my whole, my whole life, life. Sort of a, an inquiring mind. Yes, yes. And and there was something particularly satisfying in the Sri Upanishad and the Bhagavad Gita. Yes. Something that the the universal whole, the universal whole, the universal form is is what really put me into the frame of mind of being able to understand it because. In the beginning of the Aponasar, uh, it says you can either take this literally or you can pretend like you've taken it literally. And either way, you may get a result from it. Hmm. So I decided to just forego the pretending and, oh, I'm just going to take this wholeheartedly as what it is. And if it 
deviates from what I feel is my truth, then I'm just I'm gonna let it go. But it never did. And then it kept going and I kept getting more encompassed into it and more and the more I would become encompassed into it, the more avenues there would be for me to um you know, show that I wanna be this particular be a part of this particular group of people. Well, okay, so after you read the Bhagavad Gita, when when did you next meet a Hare Krishna? <laughs> was it until probably 2008? So you got the Isha Upanishad in 96, mm-hmm. and it was over 10 years before yeah. you actually interacted with, with an a actual, Hare Krishna? Yes, that proclaimed themselves to be a Hare Krishna. Wow, that was a long time. Yes, <laughs> and it was hard keeping my spirits up because mm-hmm. it's just me. It's just me, <laughs> and I have to re-encourage it re-encourage myself with you know this is right you know this is right you didn't read it you didn't put it to life you know uh, you didn't apply it to your life it worked out for you and these people didn't so they can't really give you any insight so you did it you you're doing it but who was in in 2008 who was the uh devotee that you ran into uh, it was jose oh it was jose again <laughs> yeah all of this for me changing my name, that is what introduced me to my first personal interaction with a Hare Krishna. The changing of the name. Now, why did you change your name again? Because you, you had a vision. I had a vision. But but did something inspire that vision? Or, or No. It came out of nowhere? It came out of nowhere. You need to change your name to this particular name. It wasn't what? like I went through a couple of names. I could have been Krishna, Vishnu, whatever. No, it was to this particular tell, name. Tell me the name again. Chatria, which is, you know, one of the four orders. One of the four castes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Manu, which is the father of mankind. Uh-huh. And Vivasvan, which is the sun god. First person who got um, told about Bhagavad Gita. And the cyclic succession. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also father of all Chatrias. <laughs> Kshatriya Manu Vivashvan. Yes. And so, now, you just changed the um, your Facebook page to that name. Well, I mean, this is my name when I talk to other people of this bhakti. But in my everyday life, I still go by my my parents your government name. <laughs> yeah i mean some people know the difference you know but <laughs> right 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 well yeah and that was actually that was one of the things i was going to ask because i know you as mono mm-hmm. and, and that's what i uh, was always introduced and i don't know how many manus there are in north carolina <laughs> who, who don't live anywhere near a temple <laughs> none, none. And, and also i don't have the das because i wasn't formally oh okay i wasn't formally in um I was formally inductorized into the ISKCON. Yeah. Now, DOS means servant. And so if you were like Manu DOS, if that was your name, it would imply that you are the servant of Manu. And people in the Hare Krishnas generally end their name with DOS or Devi Dasi. Mm-hmm. A woman would end it with Devi Dasi to sort of indicate submission to or servants, service to whoever the, uh, the original name belongs to. Um, 
So you 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 hooked up with Jose mm-hmm. in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. and what happened? Well, we were coming. Well, he had told me about this place, and I didn't know well, if, this place. You mean this place? Oh, mean where we are now? Yeah, where we are now. This particular place, Temple <laughs> Temple Grounds, Temple yeah. Grounds in Potomac. So. I didn't know if I was ready, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, after all this time being like basically as a, uh, what they would call sinyasi because I'm by myself sure. in the wilderness. <laughs> so yep. they go from that to now being able to associate with devotees in my mind, I'm like, would they think that I'm good enough? Will, mm-hmm. yeah, will what if I didn't interpret this right? And now they looking at me like, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, even after all this time of service that I felt like I was doing, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 I felt like uh, Krishna reciprocate, reciprocated during the, my struggles. Because it was always times that I had some kind of difficulty. And then I would do the Hare Krishna mantra and get out of it. Like, not like getting out of like illegal things and stuff mm. like that. I'm just meaning any kind of trouble whatsoever. I would always chant the Hare Krishna mantra and shortly after that, things would change. And and that's where I, I think my devotion comes from is the reciprocation between me and Krishna as far as my life. Not between me and the devotees as much as it is personally with God because I only had God for the beginning of mm-hmm. my um Well, it must thing. have made a difference to actually start interacting with the Hare yes, Krishnas. It did. It solidified. No, but 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 you didn't say exactly how this happened. Like so so you weren't ready. You weren't oh, sure I you, wasn't, you, oh, you weren't sure you were ready. You're right. I was not sure that I was ready to come. And so on the day that I was supposed to come, it was a big ice storm and the buses were like going back and forth, sliding around on the road. And on our way here for the first time, for the first time, I got a bad vibe about the bus sliding off the road or even anything. It just I had a bad vibe. Mm. So I decided to get off the bus. But Jose was he was determined. He was like, I'm going until the bus actually slid off the road and then he gave up. <laughs> but that was with him on the bus and not you. That was with you, him on the bus. I had already got off the bus. I had already got off the bus. Because you sort of saw this coming. Yeah. I mean, I get things like that. I don't know if you're going to call them visions or... Intuition. Intuition, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, I would say it was the paraatma warning me that there wasn't mm-hmm. time yet. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. So your first trip was uh, you abandoned ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. I sure did. And and then I even said that Krishna, I don't think Krishna want me to go because uh-huh. uh, it wouldn't have been like, like this if he did. It would be right. all smiles and happy. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, why would he give me a difficulty when all this difficulty has come beforehand and I wouldn't even get to meet these people? So... When I actually did get to come, which was the next week, I was involved in a a bad car crash, and I also was on my way to Thailand at the same time. So the first time I came here, I knew that I wouldn't get to come directly back afterwards because I wouldn't be in the country or I wouldn't be in the state at that time. 
So I, I really missed it because the people, they they welcomed me with open arms without judging me at all. No, wait, wait, wait. Who, who welcomed you with open arms? The the devotees of this particular temple. <laughs> when you finally showed up for the when first time. When I finally time. showed up for the first time. After having been in a bad car yeah. accident. Yes. And were you um, incapacitated in any way? Did you... Did, did, I mean, would you have crutches? Did you have... No. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know how much I can devail into this. <laughs> well, you know, you have to go too far well, into Well, I, I mean, mean, I had to wear maxi pads because... Oh, wow. My stuff was bleeding, but that didn't hinder me from being able to walk. And you still came anyway. Yeah, I still came well, anyway. Well, it sounds like you the two weeks you picked to come here, <laughs> like <laughs> you're right. Like you could have had it. Couldn't have been more difficult. You're right, but I think it has something to do with with proving yourself as being faithful. Like, okay, yeah. Sure. It, it could have went. It could have went easy, and then I would have not took it. I would have took it for granted more if it would have went easy than well, the fact that it went hard. The fact that it went hard makes me appreciate it happening more. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Krishna was like, "Well, you, you can you can get here, but it's you're gonna have to you're gonna have you're to, gonna fight have to, to get you're gonna have to show that you really want right. to be here." Right. Right. You say you my friend, show me you my friend. You my best friend, you say. So so you arrived here um that second week. Mm-hmm. You did come. Yes. And, and and what happened when you came? Oh, when I came, all of the Prabhu's Madhajis, they came up to me and they would talk to me and they asked me my name and Jose would um introduce me as Manu. <laughs> So I didn't know if I should use that or not. But once it went like that, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that's my name. That's my name. Mm-hmm. Except for one person, he introduced me to Lakshmi Vaughn as Jocko, which is Jocko? Yeah, which is my nickname in the streets. <laughs> Jocko. Jocko. Now and Lakshmi Vaughn I has been interviewed on this podcast okay. before. I just wanted to mention that. Um So it was a nice you were glad you came. Oh, yes. Definitely glad. And then I, I looked at it as Krishna trying to comfort me before I have to go on this long trip to this other country and after being in this ordeal with the car wreck. So it's like... Wait, wait, going to another country? Yeah, going to Thailand because I was also going to Thailand that same week. <laughs> yeah. That was quite a week. Yeah, that Your was. First, first visit to a Hare Krishna temple. And recovering from a very bad car accident yes. and going to Thailand and going to Thailand to meet my future wife at that time was supposed to be my future wife who I met on the internet so you met a what do you call someone from Thailand Thai oh Thai <laughs> so you met a Thai woman yes on the internet mm-hmm. and um, you were you were um, both considering marriage yes we talked now it was leading up to that leading up to me going to Thailand a year preceding this so okay. we talked on the internet Skype yeah. back and forth and whatever else on the internet well, you're not going to go to Thailand for someone you know for a week right yeah, you, don't, you don't know me well <laughs> The Lord put it in my face. I'm, let him ask me to go to India and see what I jump on straight boat and get to the India today. 
So uh, I, that, that's another thing. I throw it to the whim, whim of the Lord. If, if I'm supposed to die doing this, then mm-hmm. I will die. If not, it, it won't. So, so, so you went to Thailand. Yes. And, and was that interesting? Oh, that was way more than interesting. <laughs> that was uh, intriguing. Really? I went to Thailand. But leading up to going to Thailand, during the same week, I, first week I came to this temple, I sent some money to Thailand for the lady there to get me a hotel room for the time that I was going to be in Thailand. Well, this lady took my money and went to Malaysia. <laughs> And wasn't even in Thailand anymore <laughs> at the time that I got ready to leave. Okay? <laughs> so, I didn't know how that was going to turn out. I paid $2,000 for the, the ticket, which was non-refundable. And then, like, two days before I was about to leave, I see on the news that Thailand is having a civil war. <laughs> Yes, the, the the police have put down all their riot gear and everything, and they're about to change governments this same week. The same week, all of this is going on at the same too time. Much, too much. Oh yeah, it was. It was. So in the course of that, so you went anyway. Yes, I went anyway. Even though there was a revolution in progress. Yes, in Thailand. Yes. Okay. And, and you the can't person, waste two thousand dollars. The person you'd given the money to for your place to stay was gone. Gone. Went to a whole other country. <laughs> went to a whole other country. Told me that they went to the other country too. It wasn't a question. It, she was not in Thailand. Up until me being on the airplane going to Thailand. That is when she left from Malaysia to go back to Thailand as I was on the plane. So, now, obviously you survived your trip to Thailand. Yes. Somehow. Oh, I can tell you exactly how. <laughs> I can tell you exactly how, which also goes back to Krishna. Oh, yeah. Now, Thailand is a big place for Buddhism. Yeah. Like most, like 90%, if not almost everybody, are Buddhists. This girl's particular <laughs> household happened to be, what? Bhaktis having a picture of Krishna, a picture of the universal form in the house, a picture of Balram and Krishna in the kitchen. Wait, wait. whose house is this? This is the lady that I went to go see, mother's house. Now, I would assume that part of the reason you started to associate online was because she was a devotee. No. Not now, enough. wait a minute. You're telling me this was coincidence? This was coincidence fully because she's, be a devo- me. she's a devoted Buddhist. <laughs> she is a devoted Buddhist all day. Her brother is, a is, is a Muslim. <laughs> and her mother is a Hare Krishna. <laughs> no, wait. I, hold on now. That's the truth. It is the truth. You, you accidentally... Came to the home of a Hare Krishna yes. in Thailand. Yes. Now, how did this play out? Because if you tell her mother that you recognize all of this and that you're a Hare Krishna, well, where does that put you with the daughter who's well, a Buddhist? I already wasn't good with the daughter because she ran <laughs> off with my money. <laughs> But I didn't know she was the one with your money. Because she was the one that was gone with it. 
And plus, this wasn't the first time that she had did this. Also, another big thing in uh, Thailand is women will find dudes from other countries and have them send them money. and, And then they just either show up and then they leave them somewhere or they don't show up at all and they just got the money. So I happened to be a hard-headed one and showed up. (laughs) And she didn't know what to do about that. So she she actually showed up herself. She came all the way back from Malaysia. All the way. Well, after having spent your money. It was me. But she, she found a way to get me a hotel room for the particular night I got there. Oh, so she did help you out. Yes, but I'm saying she the whole reason I ended up staying with her mother is because her mother worked at the hotel and she only got my room for one day. So this lady comes in and she's cleaning up the room and, and they're talking Thai to each other. I don't know a lick of Thai. I cannot speak Thai at all ever, which that's how I'm saying this is the Lord's will because I didn't know a lick of Thai. So they talking and I don't know that that's her mother. I just think that she talking to the cleaning lady. Uh-huh. Okay, so her mother is telling her and Ty find this out later, which she told me. Her mother is upset with her for having me come all the way across the world. <laughs> and then she was about to try to scam me. So Thai women, they have like a lot of honor in them. Like Japanese women, a lot of Asian culture mm-hmm. women have that about them. So her mother was like that. She didn't like the fact that she was trying to, you know, take advantage of me. Sure. So she told her that I could stay at their house. Now, no other person that she had took money from had ever seen or even knew uh, that she didn't, you know. I see. Throughout the whole scam. Yeah, you were the only one who actually showed up. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. She would just leave them at the bar. Uh, okay. <laughs> but okay. her mother getting to meet me at this particular, the whole, you know, it's the universe. So... Her mother getting to see me and see that I actually showed up and I guess being a Hare Krishna herself took it upon herself to say, okay, even if she doesn't treat you right, I'm going to step in mm-hmm. and, and, you know, regain our family's honor. And she happened to be a Hare Krishna? Yes. Happened to be. Because I'm looking at everybody's house around where she live at. They all have altars to Buddha in the yard in the house, <laughs> everywhere alters the Buddha. She was the only person around in that particular community that had pictures of Krishna and Balram, uh, pictures of the universal form, uh, <laughs> you know, altars now, in a house. <clears throat> Did this happen after you had been to the temple for the first time? Yes. How long after? This was three days. Three days. Well, after. that's insane. Well, I told you I was already on my way. And when I came to the temple, so it was all like boom, boom, boom. All of it happened. Okay, okay. So, how long were you in Thailand? I was in Thailand for nine days. And wow, (laughs) I got to go all over Thailand and I didn't have any money. Uh So, it was all, and got to eat vegetarian food in this lady's house who would go to the place where they would go get the fresh food and come back and she didn't I couldn't speak directly to her so I would have to get somebody to interpret and I also use my telephone translator sometimes mm-hmm. and she would, I would tell her what I wanted or whatever and she would just go get it and, and fix it up and and she even let me stay at their house even after she put her daughter out for what she did to me 
She put her daughter out while I was there. Wow. And her daughter had to go and live in Bangkok with this other dude that she had been talking to. I was still staying with her mother and her kids. She also had two kids who stayed with the mother. So every morning they was had... It, was it the kid's grandmother? Yes. Okay. So I would be there with her, the girl's brother, and her <laughs> other sister. <laughs> and her brother happened to be Muslim. <laughs> so that was the... That was a, that's a whole other story right there. Because at first he didn't talk to me, but then after me and his mother was... Well, they're hanging out at his house. Yes. He came to me himself, and he could speak English, too. I didn't know that either. He could speak English. So we talked about that, and then he would talk about how he felt being um, a Muslim in a a Buddhist community. Because there's not like a whole lot of Muslim there. It is some. And then with him being a native of there, it's even more, you know, uncommon. Uh So we would talk about that, and I told him who I was, and then he was like, yeah, that's what mommy is. And so I was like, yeah, I see that in here. And I took pictures. I got pictures of all of it, <laughs> pictures of the, the deities and the stuff. Now, I would I imagine you came back from, from this experience, like, uh, changed. I didn't want to come back. I didn't want to come back. You wanted to stay in Thailand? I wanted to stay in Thailand. Even though people are all mostly Buddhist, they are all respectful. Mm-hmm. And regardless of if you got the most money or the least amount of money, you can still, you know, be humble to each other. And they always bow to each other regardless of what your station is. They always try to help you. Everybody in Thailand was like, well, that. I mean, you were only there for nine days. Well, I mean, yeah, I could have been dead in a day, a day. My first time ever leaving the country, ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> my, I don't know the language. The woman that I went to go see was already on some, <laughs> on some flim flam to begin with. <laughs> my flight was late <laughs> my whole day. So, I mean, I, with all of that going on, it wasn't, you know, nine days might as well have been two years. Yeah. Because I was at the mercy of those people. Well, so what happened when you came back? I was depressed. I was depressed. I did not want to come back. I did not want to come back. After meeting those people, I had felt uh, a sense of, like, family and togetherness that I didn't feel in America. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, other things happened during my time there with other people that didn't have anything to necessarily do with her. Because even the people at her job, they they bought me food and stuff knowing that I didn't have anything, you know, I didn't have any money and they already knew what she did to people and they would tell me, I'm like, well, this ain't the first time she (laughs) did this and we like you, so we don't, you know, we don't want you to think that everybody like that. So I ended up Starting to date her boss. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because she worked at a bar. This story gets crazier and crazier. Oh, man. You should see the YouTube version. <laughs> it's on YouTube. But anyway. Really? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Me at her job and stuff. And yeah, the whole time I was in, in Thailand, I did a whole like video blog of every day because I didn't know what might happen. So every day, and then uh, Thailand got free Wi-Fi for the whole country. So... <laughs> it was easy to do that so I would do a video every day 
So uh, yeah, my whole experience is on my Facebook and my um and my YouTube. Okay, maybe I can link to that. In you the... might can. <laughs> so. So it depressed you to come back to America. Yes. And when you came back to America, where did you go? I went back to my sister's house in uh, Montgomery, Montgomery Village, Village. Yeah. So you were still within uh, fairly easy access to this place. Yes. Did you start coming here after you returned? Yes. Like regularly or once no. in a while? It was once in a while because at that time it was with the, how the hierarchy here is. <laughs> they started getting into it with Jose. So Who did? The people, some of the higher up people from this particular temple. Okay. And so it was an incident one time where the police were called here. I think I may have been here. You were. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you In fact, the... you, know what, you know what ticked me off about that the most? Mm. There have been people coming to this studying the Bhagavad Gita. Mm-hmm. That morning was their test. So they're trying to... Do a test. I understand. And um, and there was a disruption. Yeah. And uh, things escalated a little too more than they need have. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. So I didn't know. Okay. So now I know who Jose is. Oh, Jose okay. Is. Yes. Now you know. Okay. So, <laughs> so that started. How did we get on this subject? Well, we do. <laughs> All of us interconnected. All yeah. of us interconnected. So, um... <laughs> you didn't know you were personally involved. No, that's how Krishna works. <laughs> you see how Krishna works. Yes, you were personally involved. But so he hasn't been here in a long time. He can't come back. Oh, he can't. Mm-mm. Okay. But you have continued to come when you could. Yeah. Well, during that time, I didn't. I was kind of at odds with myself because me and Jose were definitely close friends Mm -hmm. and him I looked at him as being like a savior to me at that particular time because he gave gave me access to other um, people that were following bhakti so he was like my entryway Mm -hmm. you know so I I held him at a high esteem so when that happened here it also is an incident at the Baltimore temple with Anutama but um, once that started, and Jose or just a yes, victim? and Jose. So Jose's Jose's got a reputation. Yes, Jose got banned from here. Started going to the to the Baltimore Temple. He tried to kick Anutama out of the Baltimore Temple, and he got banned. Well, yeah, that could do it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but he is like die hard with his feelings and stuff about his how feelings. Feelings. Oh, feelings. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's that southern country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, he's so diehard with his feelings yeah. of how Vaishnav should be mm. and, you know, what Prabhupada's message was. He feels like some people in the GBC and in the hierarchy of... The governing body commission. Yeah. And the hierarchy So, he, he's, he's unhappy with how the institution is being run. Right. Well, after Prabhupada, yes, that's what he feel like. That. Although he, he's not exactly in the position to sort of be telling people how they should be acting. Well, see, that's the thing. Who gives you that particular right? 
he feels like his right comes from God instead of the GBC. Well, <laughs> so, but, or, but but there's you know there's a historical danger of yeah. people who feel that their authority is coming directly from God. There is that's problematic because you do have to sort of be balanced with uh, you know the democratic. Give and take. A well, you bit. can't be democratic if you're gonna be faithful, because <laughs> no. demo- being democratic means that you have to compromise something. Mm-hmm. You have to give away something, and being a devotee, especially a pure devotee, you don't compromise that. You, know, I don't care what it is. If it causes your death, you die. If it if it causes you to be poor, you be poor. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, I understand. Um, that angle of it but but there's also like how do you how does a society work as a society like what are the best tools uh the best rules the best um forums for for this to operate nicely and in some ways if you get a if you get someone who's like a pure devotee Mm -hmm. Um, that might disqualify them from certain um, roles. It may. You know? <laughs> it may, but if they're a pure devotee, nothing can compromise them. I don't care what it is that they're doing. Now, tell me, tell me about pure devotee. Is, is this um, something that exists in this world? Or is this a perfection that, that would just want to strive for but never reach well okay that that's the loaded question but i will answer it i will answer okay a pure devotee is someone who do absolutely anything for god regardless of what it is uh regardless of what um other people think even in their own society what they think you know well I have a question about this, and and <clears throat> I guess part of the the reason for this question is uh, I have a brother in Idaho who was recently institutionalized, mm. and um, if he says that he's acting out God's will, I'm going to be suspicious. I'm going to think maybe we need to look at medication. <laughs> and <we're>, and <laughs> you know then what whose mean? will is that? The will of the doctors or your will being imposed? Well, well, well so on, on its face to, to say, you know, I'm doing the will of God. Um, it's, it doesn't, it's not automatically true to be doing the will of God. There's more, there has to be more at play than just your conviction that that's what God wants you to do. And I think that's why in, in the Hare Krishnas there is the parampara, mm-hmm. which is, there's the disciplined succession of spiritual master to disciple, spiritual master to disciple. Once you step out of that um, sort of traditional hierarchy, eh, anything goes. And and how do you te- how do you how do you test your validity? Okay, I got a perfect example. Okay, there. okay. So you were talking about the parampara. This particular parampara starts with Krishna, right? Mm, okay, yeah. Okay. In the Bhagavad Gita, who was Krishna talking to? Uh, in the Bhagavad Gita, is talking to Arjuna. Okay. Arjuna 
was a Chetria, right? He was a, in the warrior cast, yes. Right. Okay. So, in the beginning, it also say in, in the Bible Gita that the first person or, you know, personality that was told was Beavis Vaughn, the sun god. Yes. Who was also a Chetria, right? Uh, I didn't know he was a Oh, Chetria, well, he's but... the father of all Chetrias. Oh, okay. He is a Chetria. Okay. And all of the Ragu dynasty down from him to Isbaku to Rama down to Buddha was all part of that, that Lin- line. lineage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. With that said, there was not a guru-student relationship in that particular aspect. There was, I'm going to tell you this, you have to get it. And if you don't, if you get it, then you spread it to the next person. But that is the guru-disciple relationship. Well, right? sort of. Because after, after you were told the Gita, it wasn't like he had to still go back and learn some more. You understand? Gita in itself was all in all the... It was complete. Complete in the way that men were supposed to live. Okay? Now, when I... By saying that is... If a brahmacharya is going to be my guru, right? Let's say uh, Sinyasi would be my guru, or uh, uh, a learned man that was not of the Chetria lineage. You uh, okay. Okay. It was to tell me, how can I say that that would still be in the same lineage if the people who started the lineage off are the warrior class and not the learned? Okay. okay, but now I think we're we're departing a little bit from um, what we would call Orthodox Hare Krishna philosophy. Well, what is or- Orthodox? Orthodox means that everybody can can worship exactly the same way. Like, but, exactly- but I don't understand the um, the um, the warrior caste lineage that you're referring to. So, so are you saying that? Um, this is sort of a kind of knowledge that's reserved for kshatriyas, for those in the warrior caste? No. I'm saying that those are the people that are supposed to dispense it to the rest of the people because they are the administrative class. They tell the people how they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. The brahmacharyas are supposed to tell you how to interpret the scripture, not how to live. You get me? And the, I think I see what you're saying. The vices, they are the people who own the businesses and the sudras are the people who work for them. <laughs> so so in the course of dispensing transcendental knowledge, the chetrias are the people who support the door. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm unfamiliar with this uh, notion. I didn't I was I, I was unfamiliar that the Kshatriyas we're supposed to be disseminating this knowledge. Um, are you a Kshatriya? That's what I consider myself as. Now, is this hereditary? Is this something you inherited? No. Is because this something you that's chose? The bi- inher- inheritance would, would have me relying on bodily concept. Yeah. This is, this is beyond that. Okay, well, hold on now. Um, a Kshatriya is a kind of body. No, it's a title. Just like but Brahma it, is a title. A Brahman, Brahman is also a different kind of body. 
but it's a title. It's what you do. I'm defining myself as what I do. No, wait, wait. <laughs> I think Varnashram Dharma describes four kinds of bodies, human bodies. There are Shudra bodies, there are Vaishya bodies, Kshatriya bodies, and Brahman bodies. That has nothing to do with your soul. I can No, but but it has everything to do with the social order. Well, okay, if that's the case, then Buddha was brought up in a family of Chetris. He was? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. His dad was like like I said, in that same line with Rama, who was also a, a Chetria. And it's Vaku, who is the son of Manu. Okay. Who was the first person in this earthly realm to be told the Bhagavad Gita. Because it goes Beavis Vaughn, Manu, is Vaku. Is Vaku was the first, I guess you would say, patriarch of the Ragu dynasty. Mm-hmm. Have you met Ragu Das? <laughs> uh, probably am, yeah, but I don't know about <laughs> No, he was down there today. No, I, I interviewed him a few weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his name is Ragu. Um, now, I associate myself with the Shudra class. Okay. That's just how I personally view things. In, in, in some ways, uh, it makes it easier. Well, have you always been a Shudra? Yes. I think I was born a Shudra. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no? No. Well, wait a minute. You can't have a social order where people are like, I, I, today I think I'll be a warrior. You know, maybe tomorrow I'll be a merchant. Well, that's... It, but it's, we're, we're talking about sort of human aptitudes. Uh, and those human aptitudes are inherited. It isn't freely, you aren't free to choose where you are in the social system. It's oh, no. chosen for you. Yes, but it will be shown not by somebody telling me that my social order is a sudra or a vaisha or whatever. I will be shown in my day-to-day life. If I do stuff in my day-to-day life and it is set up my day-to-day life for me to do sudra stuff, then <laughs> in this particular life, I'm a sudra. But if if it's set up for me to do chetria stuff like dodge bullets and save people, then yes, I'm going to consider myself a chetria. Yeah. If I was reading the Vedas all day and I, I shaved my head and, and, and went that route, then I would be considered a brahmana. And I would consider myself a brahmana from my actions. Chris, okay, I, I can go back to one of Prabhupada's um, lectures, the one that they played last week, where... He said that God really doesn't have a name. They name him due, due to whatever his activity is mm-hmm. in that particular in that particular time. So he's Krishna at one time, he's Masudada at one time, he's uh Harishikesh at one time. But that's all the same person. Mm-hmm. But he is his title is changing due to what he is doing, due to yeah. what his background is. And in Buddha's case, getting back to how I tied Buddha into this, Buddha's father was told a prophecy that Buddha would become a um, sage uh-huh. in the course of his, that's what the star said, you know, one of the Brahmanas or whoever he talked to about that said that. Okay, so he stopped Buddha from seeing all of the suffering that it was in the kingdom. He moved all of the people that were sick and old and everything to one side of the kingdom and only let Buddha see this. 
yeah. hoping and also built him a harem too, so he would be into that. So in the course of that, <laughs> doing all of this right here to prevent him from being a sage is actually what caused him to be the sage. But that was the human aspect of what the forecast is. That was the forecast humanized because his father was the, the king. So he would write the law and his law was Buddha is going to be a Cheshire. I don't care what you do. I don't care how you feel. His three wives was with it too. And his uh, other three brothers well, was with it. Th there's, there's, there's a couple of issues I want to touch upon. Mm -hmm. One is that I don't think ancient Indian culture was too freewheeling. So they had the concept that you are not the body, you're a spirit soul. Okay. But that was one side of the balance. On the other side of the balance was who, where you're born and who you're born to totally determines your role in society. Totally. Really? And so these two worked together. They were much more strict about, you know, uh, oh, your father was a plumber, your grandfather was a plumber, guess what? You're a plumber. And it wasn't like, you know, have a job fair and uh, see what your interests are. <laughs> yeah, but it was, that's occupational. So, so that was locked down. That's and occupational, then, though. That's occupational yes, but versus... Then, but they held that on one side. Mm -hmm. On the opposite side, they held, oh, but we're all like, plants are living entities, birds are living entities, people are living entities. We all have this... this something in common that's the same across every living entity but that doesn't negate the, the the sort of the strictness of the social roles what negates the strictness of the social roles is karma because karma is the predetermining factor in whatever class but you that's the important up. thing predetermined yes predetermined pre now i have no qualms uh like if you if you um identify as a kshatriya well then yeah you know better than me what's interesting about one of the things that, uh, about the Hare Krishna movement is there don't seem to be any kshatriyas there oh you does... noticed <laughs> you noticed <laughs> and and you see it's like this is problematic because we uh, in the scriptures you're presented with a perfect society that has these four castes four. but here you don't have them no because the brahmachari is on you see you see when you eliminate one of the four castes to shine more light on one of the other castes you are eliminating an entire field of what people are supposed to do yeah, okay well, yeah you're taking away like it's an essential function of society that's my like point. you take away them you take away that function right and now so those people that's born under that that believe that and see that they are that what is their place in this car well, they're not going to feel like they fit in right so what do they fight for they're in the same position as and, the juno and they need to fight right because that's their purpose which yes, ties back yes, into yes. what I'm saying about the Chetrias. So Arjuna wanted to just go and be a sage. He wanted to just say, okay, I, I don't want to fight. Because he felt like being more like a brahmacharya would work out for him. Because he then he don't have to be mad at nobody. He don't, he don't nobody well, has to be mad at him. Of, here's, here's one of my problems with the Bhagavad Gita. Okay. 
Arjuna gets up and he says, I don't think this is a good idea. Right. I don't I don't think I want to go through with this. Right. I don't want to go through with this battle, this right. war. He drops his bow and arrow. And he says why. Yeah. He says, you know, uh, I'm fighting my family. My fa- my own family. Yeah. And even if I win, what have I won? Other I, I will have mainly killing. The problem <laughs> is everything Arjuna says. To me, makes perfect sense. Right, because you're human. You, you identify with your body, <laughs> so well, real. Yeah, but you have to. No. Yeah, you, I and mean, that's, and that's what Krishna but, but is no, saying. No, but here's here's no Krishna is saying, you were born a kshatriya, you were born into the warrior caste. You don't have a choice about your role in society. You have to fight because that's what you were born as. He didn't say you didn't have a choice. He just gave you what the problematic part would be if you didn't do it. Like basically, mm-hmm. he'll say, "Hey, you are old friendly dude, a friendly warrior around here. If you don't fight in this war, because you're supposed to be the epitome of what a warrior is supposed to be. Basically, the second Rama. You are Rama the return. You cannot." <laughs> Feel like not fighting because this is your particular point, the part to play in this. But he could do it. But he, but he, he could. He he gave him all the outs that he wanted. He yes, you can go and and live under mm-hmm. the tree and all of this. But this is how they're gonna look at you. That's what Krishna said. Well, and, and, but now if you weren't uh, in the warrior class, right? Mm-hmm. You would say. This is what people are going to think of me. Who cares? That doesn't matter to me. But if you're a kshatriya and you fight for yeah, your, dude. like, that's your, that's, that's your, your reason honor. for being and your honor. Well, then that's going to, that's going to pique your interest. You're going to yes. be like, wait, hold on now. People are going to think bad of me. Right. But that's a purely, I mean, he's still acting within the, the confines of his social role. Like he can't get out of it. Right. And in, we're the same way. We're, well, the problem is we're, we're much less organized in that way. But do we want to be more organized? Do we want children growing up and be like, you know, okay, you're going you're gonna to repair washing machines. You're going to be a lawyer. You're going to do brain surgery. You're going to um, unplug people's toilets. Like, but you got to go back to who is saying that? Who is giving out these orders? Do, mm-hmm. do they have the qualifications to tell me if I'm going to be a plumber like my well, wife? Well, yeah. Now, uh, so who do we go? To, who do we give that authority to, or do we give that to anybody? We don't. We, we don't. it's in ourselves. It's in us yeah. innately, and that's how you have child prodigies and people of that nature. Because. It can, you can have a child prodigy that can play the piano very, very good, but their father was a trash man. So, so you tell that prodigy that he has to be a trash man, even though you can see the natural talent in him. Well, there is is actually a trade off where there's social good versus personal good, and and you know sometimes your social role is against your personal best interest, but it is in the best interest of society, and the reverse can be true. Um, you know, it can be best for you to work in your social role and not be free to get lost in whatever you think you're supposed to be doing. So these two things balance each other much in the same way that 
we have to see both. You are not your body. Mm. And you are in a body. And that body has a purpose in society. I get you. You know? Well, well I'm going to give you this analogy. Okay. If, if you had a car or if I had a car, mm-hmm. that car serves a purpose. That car was built for a particular purpose, which was transportation to get you around. Okay. We are inside of that car. Once we are inside of that car, that car takes on our personality. Okay. So it, we are identified by our car. Mm-hmm. Because of the mm-hmm. personality of the person that is driving it. Yes. Okay. Okay. So take take that back a step and look at your spirit soul as being you and your body as being the car. Uh-huh. Without the spirit soul and without that personality, then you would just be a lump of meat and you wouldn't serve any purpose in any society. You would just be material. Well, as long as we understand that uh, you're not being your body doesn't mean that you're not in a car. You're in the car. Yeah. That is the car you're driving. Mm-hmm. And that car is significant while you're driving it. But you are not defined in your role in society by the car. That's what. <laughs> no, but the car is your role in society. I mean, so um, I think, okay, first of all, in the, in the ancient Vedic system or the, the perfect social system as presented in the Srimad Bhagavatam, I don't see anything about voting. I don't see uh, any sort of Bill of Rights. I don't know how these Shudras got treated. And they apparently weren't supposed to be allowed to use money. Right. And if you can't get paid and you have to work, that's called slavery. That's what that is. So I think that, you know, we're looking at scriptures that present an idealized form of society that has slavery. Well, it would be considered slavery if all four of the parts were working together. Because, okay, you would have the Brahmanas that would instruct the Chetrias on the scripture. The Chetrias would, in turn, tell devices how to treat the sutras so well well, i'm just saying as far as it going past treating people well i think it breaks down more like um the 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 kshatriyas the warriors have a a, a sort of executive function in society so they stop crime they protect the borders they enforce whatever measures the brahmins come up with Uh, brahmins are more like judges Uh, more like uh, civil society maintaining, setting up laws and rules and things like that. The the warrior class would probably enforce those rules. And then the Vaisha community is dealing with money and and taxes and um, sort of, you know, not just personal businesses, but business as uh, as businesses interact. So large-scale sort of commercial enterprises and understanding how those work. But what you know those three classes are dealing with pretty much all the important issues in a society what's left for the shudras to even debate about because they're getting told what to do they're getting told where to go what to do and how to do it (laughs) well in all of the aspects 
everybody's being told what to do. The Brahmins are being told what to do by the Vedas. And so, just like you said, the Brahmins are telling the uh, Chetris what to do. And the Chetris are enforcing these laws onto the, the Vices and the Sudras. So, everybody is being told what to do. Your function, like like I was saying about your postman. Mm-hmm. Okay. if every, if, Tell me what you were saying about the postman. Oh, okay. So, you, you, I asked you earlier on our walk here... Do you ever recognize your postman, or do you have like a personal, a personal relationship with your postman? And, and was, I don't. And he, he was saying you don't. Okay, but the function of the mail being delivered is still going on, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. because the person is fulfilling their function. You would only notice your mailman if you didn't already have a personal relationship with him if he was doing something wrong. <laughs> okay, so in all like, the four, I would only notice him if so, if I stop stop getting my mail, then I'm like, okay, where's my postman? Okay, but if I don't notice something wrong, I don't know who it is. I don't care. That's what I'm saying. So in the four orders, it is just like that. Those are jobs. Those are what you. They're not classified by your personality. They are classified by how you were born. Which still is the bodily function. Yes. That's how you were born into those cares. So, if you were born into those cares, your jiva or spirit soul was not born. No, it <laughs> and, never was born. Right. So, it could have been any of those cares in any other life, but only as that personality. Not as changing personality, changing job. You get what I'm saying? But, it's almost like... Every time the Atma or Jiva is born, it's born. You're born with a job description because you are born with a particular body with a particular function. So you can, while you can identify with the part of you that's eternal and unborn and never changing, you can't be oblivious to the part of you that is temporary and changing because it has a purpose. It does. Now, you're not just born as Atma. You are born as Atma and Paraatma. So that's God with you together always. Mm. So he's not going to let you go off on a tangent. <laughs> he mm. will make the situation, to you know what I'm saying, the control. Like it's, if you're looking at it as a psychological basis and you have a control group and then you have a group that doesn't have any no no thing is put on them. They just naturally living. Then in the control group, they have a certain parameter that they have to go by. But in the group that doesn't have a control, you, you don't know what that group can produce. You don't know. And that's why I'm going with reason why I brought that up is the Atma works just like that. So I have a spirit soul and a group of spirit souls that believe that they're supposed to be sudras. Okay. okay, but his particular spirit soul in the sudras mm-hmm. might even change those particular sudras to another whole class. That that might be the spokesperson for the sudras, like you said, people might have slaves or whatever. Okay, so a spokesperson comes out for the sudras to change those particular sudras class completely. Now, wait, 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 wait. I I think the point is that you can't change your class. You, that it's your body. Well, you body is always changing. And we it is change. always changing. But but you wouldn't want a bunch of um, 
Montessori school teachers to say, you know what, we've changed our minds. We're going to be uh, fired the fire department now. It's like, well, what, what, what do you I mean, this has to work within the larger context. Okay, but that's still knowledge. That's knowledge. That's not our body. We ain't inherently firemen or policemen. You no, have to learn that. That is what I'm saying. I think that that, that actually is, is what I'm sort of getting to. Oh, you're trying to say you get a body suited to what job you yes. think you, well, what job now, you're supposed now, now to Now, have. the body is temporary, and it's not your actual identity, but you only get one really for this particular life and you're supposed to use it it's supposed to function within the larger picture sort of um it's supposed to function well and but and to do that that doesn't involve changing around from this to that it's sort of like realizing who you are what you are and doing that job until you're done okay then you look at the job as being the actor Okay. I don't care what job it is in this particular life. Look at that job as being an actor. Yo Jiva, mm. Yo Jiva is the actor, right? Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. And then your body is, is the costume. Is the costume and part of the props. Yes. <laughs> okay, then you have scenery. Then you have a director. Okay, you don't in the movie, I don't care what movie you watching, you don't see the director in every scene telling each person what to do, but you do know that they have been told what to do because this is a movie. Yeah. Okay? That person... There is, is a director. Right. The person that is playing that particular part in that movie... Yeah. Can only be what that movie is going to allow them to become. They can't just say, yes. okay, I'm okay. in Harry Potter, yeah, but I, I want to be Darth Vader today. Okay? Gotcha. But when that movie is over, they can be whoever they want. Well, <laughs> the movie ends... When your life ends. But then another one starts. <laughs> yes. Up. So now you get to be a whole other role. Then yeah. Why do you think they pay the actors the big bucks? They get to be in more than one movie, right? Okay. So the more right. movies you in, the more aspects of per- different personalities you get to show. Mm. But in your day-to-day job, just like I was saying with the postman, you don't necessarily get to show I got a brilliant personality but I'll never get to say anything about it because I'm a postman or I pick up trash or I'm a dog walker you know because we don't get to venue for that <laughs> but who's to say that one day in the park one of the dog walkers come across this particular it's kind of any other religion and they become profound in it mm. you know and then all of a sudden now they're not a dog walker anymore, are they? In the same life. Well, they could still be a dog walker. They right? could if they would choose to, but they would know that it would have to be something bigger than dog walking now because <laughs> people are paying attention. Yeah. You know? Because uh, just like Prabhupada. Prabhupada wasn't like the awesomest guru ever in India, <laughs> you know? Right. People wasn't worshiping Prabhupada in India like they do here. No. You see? Right. So he, he with, with six rupees, so how many rupees, he jumped on a boat and said, okay, I'm going to America. They may be able, they might throw me off the side of the boat. They might choose to harvest my liver, but I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to do this. And I'm just, I'm just in, in this particular movement, I'm just in it. And I'm following my guru's example of, of doing what Krishna says to do. But he could have said, well, I'm a doctor here in, in Bombay or wherever he's from. 
I don't think I should leave because my doctrine has to be more important than me going over here and telling these white people about Christmas. Mm. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's where the occupation and your personal desire, that's that's where they meet headed. Because if yeah. you have the personal desire to want to spread Krishna consciousness because you feel that is a higher form of service than you being a doctor, then that will be between you and Krishna. No guru, nobody else will give you that. But I, but I think the part of the thing is to, if you're a doctor and you start to find out about the Hare Krishnas, really it should make you a better doctor. It shouldn't be that you, you become well, a professional, you know, no, golfer. I'm not saying that, but no. <laughs> what I'm saying is if, if that ends up being your path, you won't have time to be a doctor. That's what I'm saying. Really? Yeah, because you'll be too busy having to spread the message. People will want you in India. People will want you in Europe. People will want you to do that. People will mm. call for you to do these things. And then your doctrine will go to the back of your mind, to the back of your mind. The more and more you call to do more service, the more that the service that you thought you was doing goes to the back of your mind. And now you are instrument. You don't do anything. Krishna is fully willing you to do everything <laughs> that it is you're doing now. Now, now let, me, let, me, let me skip back. 2008, mm -hmm. you came back to this, to the temple here. Yes. And, and you, you weren't able to come every week, but you tried to come when you could. Mm -hmm. And given what you had learned in the Gita and the Sri Yashopanishad, mm -hmm. did it sort of deepen your... Yes, it solidified it completely. Because I would ask people here about different things just like I have that uh that particular question about Judas and and the things mm -hmm. from the Bible I had questions for people here that I already knew the answer to in myself mm -hmm. but I wanted it to see if they reiterated the same thing mm -hmm. so I would ask a question and they're like well that's blah 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 and I was like yeah, it is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and that's what I thought it was anyway, but you just said it was, so I know I'm right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so it was uh, validation. It was more validation every time I'd ask a question like that. It was, boom, okay, you was on the right path. Boom, you was on the right path. It felt that way. So did you did you feel good after you had visited? Yes. Yes. I mean, not from absolutely everyone that I feel we had a connection, but no. people that I had a connection to, I still am connected to now. Even Anutama and Ananda, uh -huh. when I first met both of them, <laughs> who Jose is who introduced me to both of them. Uh -huh. um, I told Ananda about my car wreck and going to Thailand that same day. Mm -hmm. I mean, completely every time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... You know, and Dutama said, I danced with him in the temple and everything and, and didn't know who he was as far as quote unquote occupation of him being a part of the GBC. I, I just thought he was another Harry Krishna regular dude sure. that is just awesome today, you know, because he's here and he's feeling it. <laughs> I didn't know what his role was. <laughs> so the more that I got to knowing those people, I found out what their roles were actually in yeah. the the whole of the society of ISKCON and I was like 
I'm dancing with the dude as part of a GBC. I'm sitting here talking with the president of this temple. I didn't even know that. Was the, oh, you know. And so I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, well, why am I talking to these? Why am I able to talk to these people? Why was I given the opportunity? Like, like it's some people that don't know Ananda or, or Anutama that wanted to meet them their whole life. Mm. And, and they can't get close enough to them at all. They so far, far reaching and stuff. You know, they they so took off by it. And, and me, I'm just right here with them. Like you know, this, even this interview right now. Mm. How was I to know that I would ever have something valuable enough that somebody would want to record me <laughs> today? See, because it ain't me. It is my Lord's will, mm. and it is what He want me to say at this particular time in this particular temple. Mm. But I couldn't have prejudged that. I couldn't have got a job at Walmart and said, "Well, I work here at Walmart. I'm gonna get to talk to the temple president at Potomac." Right. No. Especially not being initiated, especially not coming through a guru and disciple succession, yeah. all of that. With all of that, I'm still getting to meet people like Radhanath Swami, mm. <laughs> who people. This is my president's guru that I met. That some people cry to meet and hope. Mm. I just shook his hand and said the Hare Krishna mantra with him. I had a devotee buy me his book. <laughs> we was right there. Mm. I didn't know if I would see him, but I knew that I would see him. And that came from a documentary that that uh, a dude named Arjun did. May I don't want to say between 2010 and now. That was called Simple Temple, and it was uh, a documentary about child patty, uh, cow patty, or however you say it, child patty. Child patty. Okay about the temple that he made there where he just took a bunch of different places and hooked them together <laughs> and made a temple. So I, I was watching that and I was like, I'm going to meet this dude. I'm going to meet this. I didn't know who he was in the movement. I didn't know what his station was. He could have been anybody's guru, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't know what he was, you know what I'm saying? But I knew that I would meet him. So for his birthday, I had went to the institute that's another place that I got to go to the uh, institute where the Swami that, that died that used to be the president here. The other place that he has it's in um, it's in Maryland, but I, I want to say it's like uh, Belpre near that area, okay. and it's a house and they call it the institute. People go there sometimes and they uh, come here to this temple and they uh, you know do their. Um, lecture or whatever and then another day they go to the uh, institute uh-huh. so it's mostly African American people that run it oh was this with Tamal uh, no um, Bhakti Tirtha Swami yeah that, okay yeah okay so so I got to go there for Radha Swami's birthday and People was in there, they was crying and stuff. They were telling their stories about how they met him. Matter of fact, Lachmiban was there too. He told the whole story about how his wallet got stolen while he was going to see Ron Oswald. A bunch of different things. So I told them at that particular uh, event that I was going to get to meet Ron Oswald. I don't know how. I don't, it's a prophecy to me. It was a prophecy. So it was like, okay, you know, and people was like, yeah, you believe in it, it happened. 
But I was like, no, it's going to happen. Because <laughs> right. every it's time real. I get a, a notion like this, it happens mm-hmm. exactly how it happened. And it happened. And then some of the people from the Institute was there. And I was like, look, this is fulfillment of prophecy. Matter of fact, that's exactly the thing that I said to Radhanaswamy. I said, this, thank you for fulfilling the prophecy of my life. This mm-hmm. was my prophecy. And you just happened to be a part of it. Have you been in touch with him at all? No. No. Well, I'm I'm wondering. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna move back to North Carolina soon, mm-hmm. and you're not gonna be around any temples. Are well, you gonna sort of go back to to being the uh, the one guy? <laughs> yes, and I'm proud of that now because now uh-huh. I know my identity as being the one guy. Mm-hmm. And before it was look, I looked at it as it might be that I'm going to be the one guy. Now I know, and it is solidified that I am the one guy. Well, you know, the, the one way that you won't be the one guy is if you can find someone who actually takes an interest in the books. And that's what I've been trying to do over the years. I mean, yeah. and even with people being Christian around me, they still have taken some aspects of the Gita because I, I ended up buying some of my friends' Gitas themselves, and they read it and they got. A different aspect that they could put into Christianity, right? And that takes them there. So it's more as a reference for them than a, a spiritual book. You know, like it's a it's a, a way of thinking instead of how to think. Yeah, and yeah. It, and it helps them out in their Christianity because now they can read more objectively the Bible than just saying, okay, the pastor said, read this passage right here. And if you didn't get exactly what the pastor was saying, that's it. But with with reading the Gita and then going to the Bible, then you can be like, okay, well, if I base all the stuff in the Bible on this right here, and this premise of uh, guru, disciple, disciple succession, how uh, the universe works, all of that. If I if I apply that to this book that I actually put faith in, can I get more out of it? And the answer is yes, because you get to see hidden aspects of the Bible that if you were more materialistic, you wouldn't have saw. Mm-hmm. And that's how it works for me, because so, I talk to my mom all the time about Christianity, but when I talk to her about it, I talk to her about it in a way that's general uh, generalization, not as as much as oh my God, better than your God, you gonna go to hell, <laughs> like that. Yeah, you yeah. know. But I not, mean, not to to beat around the bush there. But, yeah, uh, but that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I mean, in the Hindu faith itself, there's like ten thousand hells and, and different reasons for going. And there. they're all happening right now. Yeah, right. So, um, but it's also planets that you go to. There's different things going on too. But once you're in North Carolina, uh, how would anyone get in touch with you or know what's going on? Well, I mean, uh, the people who know me around here, they they have my telephone number and. I have an email address, <laughs> okay. but it, it all goes back to if if a person needs me that is a Krishna conscious person, devotee, then Krishna will make a way for me to be there yeah. for them. And that's how I feel about the lady that was in the Thailand. I think that maybe she had a, a spiritual downfall or something and needed 
a spiritual awakening from somewhere that was not out of, all out of her wheelhouse. Yeah. So I just happened to show up. This black Harry Krishna dude is in Thailand who don't speak Thai, who happened to be at this one woman's and house. Her yes. <laughs> who happened to be at this one woman's house out of all the millions of people that I could have been at. So yes, there is there is a, a intelligent design, hmm. but it's more of the directoral like that so because it's bad acting and it's good acting mm -hmm. so it's bad directors it's good directors so the directors that you can't tell that they told the actors what to do those are good directors mm -hmm. bad directors is you see the actor struggling trying to be this person because they don't have the right motivation mm -hmm. so now Krishna gave me the right motivation and I'm going to be the best man who it ever was, ever will be, ever. Okay. <laughs> and that's my whole thing. That's all I strive for. I don't strive for nothing else. I, I can't change the world. world going to be balanced. This is Kali Yuga, so it's going to be terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Lord Chaitanya said that the only way you're going to be able to worship Krishna in this particular aspect is doing the Hari Nam and chanting the holy names. There you go. That's for this era. Mm -hmm. Now, if you was in Trader Yuga or one of the other Yugas, you could have done this. But in this one, you sang and you pass out books and that's it. That won't get you killed. So, so Krishna himself comes to give you the new path. Buddha the same thing. Well, we tired of the Chetris killing everybody and thinking that every time you got killed something. So we going to stop killing stuff. Now, this is the new way right here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And Nirvana is no different than the Brahma Jyoti. That's the same thing. Spiritual sky and the aspect of Krishna that is just the impersonal. Mm. Okay, Nirvana, same thing. Spirit, soul, impersonal. And that's that's how that worked. So for that time, that's what worked. For the time that Jesus came, Christianity in that particular aspect is what worked. But for the time right now, what works? Well, for me, yeah. my personal life, chanting the holy names worked. But also... Giving myself to Krishna, saying, okay, Krishna, you didn't put me in this situation, or my past karma put me in this situation, how am I going to handle it? Mm -hmm. Am I going to go the route that that will enlighten somebody, or am I going to go the route of the demons and whatever? Because either way, I'm still playing a role. I'm still playing a role. Because prime example of that, and I, I love to remind for this, when Rama was born, Vishnu had been cursed by this sage's wife because Vishnu killed her husband. So she cursed Vishnu to come to earth as man and have his heart ripped out, basically. Like, you know, having uh, someone you love and being separated from them. And you get to feel that. Just like... I, uh, as a punishment. As a... Sort of, you know, but it's still okay. karma. So, oh, okay. so it's good to know that even Vishnu himself will go with the laws of karma. Mm. So even though Rama came and had to do all that thing, he had to be away from Sita. He he had to be away from his family. He had to go live in the woods and go through all this terrible stuff. And, and at any time, he could have snapped his fingers and said, okay, Boom, everything is back to whatever. But no, he decided to play his role. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So now you got the ultimate person playing his role as the ultimate human being. So you got to have an ultimate protagonist. So you have a protagonist named Ra Ravana. Okay, so Ravana 
even though he's a demon, even though he's doing all the things the demons do, he still worshiped Brahma to get those powers. He did severe things. He he mm -hmm. worshipped better than regular human people was worshipping, which mm -hmm. is why they always get the the demons to do that. Some kind of benediction, you know, Brahma. Well, sort of like austerity in exchange for power. Right, but you already know they evil because they're demons. <laughs> so, which goes back to the job thing. Okay, yes. his yes. job was to be a demon, but really his job was to be the protagonist in this epic remind okay because you gotta have somebody just as powerful as the person you fight or, we'll or it's not exciting thank you okay <laughs> so you got Ravana who is awesome the awesomest demon it is that can beat demigods and all that and then you got Rama who is the awesomest human that it is that can beat demigods and demons and all that and then they fight and then they had this epic battle and then everybody go home Happily ever after. Okay, then he gets to come back again. It's something different. And there's well, so do you feel like um, everyone is born with uh, not as Ravana, but with Ravana in their life? Like there are certain things that have the potential to knock you down and will knock you down, but um, you're sort of given that as part of your story, right? Because that's kind of, I mean, you got got to have a plot. <laughs> you got to have a climax. So, so when yeah. the plot don't thicken until some drama happens. So, when it, when it, imagine yeah. Jesus' life without the cross. Well, <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh, I'm making tables and chairs, and my I mean, daddy, my daddy famous. ain't my daddy, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got me. So I mean, you never know what 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 a station can lead you to, where where this particular point in your life can lead you to later on in life. Because I could have started out whatever, and now end up being something totally different, and all the way out of the character of what I used to be. Right. But I had a choice to do that. Here in America, you know, you got free will yeah. of occupations or whatever, uh, what you want to strive to do. But even here, you still have the class system, but it's not three, it's, it, well, it ain't even two. It's really one, people who got money. <laughs> and yeah. and well, then you have everybody I mean, else. it is, they call it, it's called a capitalist society for a reason. Yeah, because you right? capitalize because on you, the people who don't got you, nothing. You, yeah, you mean capital. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Well, let me, uh, let's wrap up our interview okay, yeah. here. Um, but it everywhere. was very nice talking to you. Thank you for uh, letting me interview you. Oh, I appreciate it. And you've been listening to uh, Questions for the Sages. I'm Michael Scherer. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your time, Manu, and I'm sorry that you'll be leaving the area. Thanks to Rico Hayes for the theme music and to Miriam Lansky for discussions about how to approach the subject matter of the podcast. Thank you also to the Hare Krishna community of Potomac, Maryland for making this podcast possible. I'm Michael Scherer, and you've been listening to Questions for the Sages. Mm -hmm.